the Lord has given me so much revelation. I didn't know what to teach, so I I grabbed some that I thought he wanted to get out tonight. And, um, you ought to write down revelation with feet. Revelation with feet. James one twenty two. But be doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listeners to it, <clears throat> betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. You know, I see a lot of people hear the word, but then I see them in trials and tribulations, and I don't see them doing the word. So when they don't do the word, what happens is the Bible says you deceive your own heart. So that means deception means to be the appearance of something that's not. So now my heart's being the, uh, being appearing to me something that's not. And we follow our hearts. Isn't that right? We follow our hearts. So now we always say, follow your heart, follow your heart. I don't do that anymore. I said, did you do the word? <laughs> then I'll say, oh, it's okay to follow your heart. <laughs> Just think about that. See, see, people who are deceived don't know they're deceived. But the people who are not can see the deception. So we try to speak truth into people's lives. So we want to be a doer of the word. That's, that's the only way we're going to see success in our life. And it was hard for me when I was going through this stuff 10, 15 years ago. I didn't have any coaches. And I could barely hear the voice of Jesus, you know, because I was so far away from him in my soul. But I, I, I was connected to him. Can you, you know, you can be connected to Jesus and be so far away from him by doing the word. It draws him to you. And when you do the word, you're inviting his rule in your life. And believe me, you need the rule in your life when you're in the fiery trial and when you're going through some things. Even when you can't make a decision on something, you know what I mean? That you're going to need his rule. So how will you know that his rule is in place? What's the first sign? Peace. So when you get that peace in that trial, you can be in the middle of the trial and start declaring that word and doing that word. And, and you'll see this whole thing turn for you. And then peace will come on you. And when peace comes on you, that's how you know that he's not only Savior, but now he's Lord. Because most church people, he's still Savior. But the Bible says he's Savior and Lord. So if he's Lord, he's going to have dominion through you, because he's got to work through you, right? In your trials, in your tribulations, and in your temptations. He's going to have dominion through you. And you can get through it unscaled. You can get through it uh, not harmed. That's the key, is being a doer of what you hear. You can't do anything that you hadn't heard. So how do you know that you heard the word of God? 
Who can answer that? You hear it twice. That's a good answer. Because you're not only hearing the truth, but you're hearing the voice behind the word. And that's important to hear the voice behind the word. Because you're not obeying the word. You're obeying the voice. Does that make sense? Because he says in Deuteronomy 28.1, come on up. Right here. The Lord said there's going to be fire right here in a little while, so I want everybody under the fire. Including me, I'm going to be sitting down with you when it starts falling. Praise God. So renewing the mind is not merely reading words on a page and having a moment of revelation. Well, maybe if you touch somebody that's on the, on the fire, it might spread over there. <laughs> a moment of revelation about a particular verse. When you get a moment of revelation about a verse, and it comes in different ways. You all know how it comes. It jumps off the page. It's an aha experience. It's a, something intuitively. Uh, it's an impression. You know, like I do an impression on Carrie's skin. You see the impression. The Lord does that with me primarily. He impresses my spirit to do something. And I know that's Him. And the reason I know that's Him because the devil can't get to my spirit. That's a secret place that he can't touch. So revelation, when you receive something, even a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy, when you receive that, you've only experienced half the equation. Half the equation. I taught this to Lee a few days ago, and she probably touched on it in spots. But you've only you've only experienced half of the equation. Which I just got I mean I I I just learned this a few months ago. There's something to do after you receive it and after you meditate on it. Because you receive it and then you meditate on it and then the transformation happens. That means means your mind is being transformed into his image. Remember, the mind is an organ that's wrapped around the soul. So if you can picture this is my soul, there's an organ wrapped around it called the mind. The spirit of man, the mind receives from the spirit. And the mind delivers it to the soul. And the soul produces it. So I'm going to get in there a little bit. So when I receive a revelation, this is very important because, listen, you'll never get the victory until you get this part of it right. When I receive a revelation, or when you receive a revelation, and we've taught this, start meditating on it. Don't start reading other books. Don't start reading the Bible again. Because you won't be able to handle any more revelation if you hadn't got the first one right. So shut the book. 
meditate on that one verse or one prophecy or whatever it is that, that you actually heard it. You actually felt it. It actually woke you up. You meditate on that verse. And as you're meditating on that verse, it's forming you for action. And that's how you are a doer of the Word. Most people can't do the Word because they hadn't been formed yet. So if they hadn't been formed yet, and they're trying to do the Word, and it's not working for them, it's just religion. Because remember what religion is? Religion is a form, the appearance of godliness, on an outward appearance, but has no power to indulge the flesh. Renewing the mind comes as revelation leads you into an experience with God. Just because you got a revelation doesn't mean you have an experience with Him. He's just revealed Himself to you. Does that make sense? He's just said, He's just said, Tom, here I am. Brenda, here I am. Uh, here I am. But now I want you to experience me. So for Him and you and me to experience each other, I've got the, my, my image has to be changed. And that comes in through meditation. So that's transformation. We always talk about transformation. We always talk about renewing. So the renewing comes in. This is very important because, you know, I'm learning this as so you're learning it. Because if he gave it to us all at one time, it would be like spaghetti in our minds trying to grasp this stuff. The renewing comes in the doing. The renewing comes in the doing. The Lord said without taking revelation into an experience, the process stalls and there's no renewing. Without taking revelation into an experience with God, the process stalls and there's no renewal. How many times have you been in a situation where fear comes on you? Well, that's the time to do it. That's the time to do it. And usually... When fear comes around, it involves someone else. Right? And and your revelation may not even have anything to do with what you're talking about. But you still have to do it. You have to do what you've learned before the encounter with the person. The experience God. So, could you put up John 5... 39 and 40. John 5, 39 and 40. You search and investigate and pour over Scripture diligently because you suppose and trust that you have eternal life through them. And these very Scriptures testify of me. And still you are not willing, but refuse to come to me so that you might have life. Isn't that powerful? So this clearly says that revelation brings us into an experience with God. 
So if you've gotten revelation with no experience with God, then there's no renewal. Because you have to have an experience before you can do it. <clears throat> so revelation is never given. And this is a... Hey, hey. Revelation is never given to increase head knowledge. That's the byproduct. So to renew the mind, we must not just think differently, but live differently. I know some of you are probably tired of the way you're living right now, right? What you say? <laughs> it's amazing what God what God allows us to go into to bring the same people out of that when he takes you out of it. So now you know where your ministry's at. To renew the mind, we must not just think differently. We must not just think differently, but live differently. And new a new experience empowered by the Holy Spirit. Every day should be new. You'd have a new experience every day. If the mercies of God are new every day, then there's got to be an experience somewhere because if you miss the experience, the mercy is going to show up. Isn't that right? He's going to cover you either way. So revelation with feet. We all should seek out an opportunity for God, for God to do a miracle in the marketplace. And I need to challenge all of y'all you need to be doing more in the marketplace. When I say doing more in art, when you see somebody that's sick, that's crippled, that's got one blind eye, go to them. And you'll be amazed what God will do just because you put it in action. You'll be amazed. It's not like it was 10 or 15 years ago where it was hard to be praying over people for an hour in the mall. And nothing would happen. We're in a different time now. And you can pray, you're going to see instant things happen, I'm telling you. Matthew 13, 19. Yeah. What does that mean? When we're not a doer of the word, we're saying we're refusing to come to him. Amen. Because you cannot do the word without him. All transformation and meditation does is get you ready to do it with him. But we're not willing to come to him in the doing. Because fear gets us. Or I don't have enough faith to do that. How many people have you seen in wheelchairs in the marketplace and it just grabs your heart? but you didn't do anything about it. If it grabbed your heart, that's how you know God's going to use you. That's how He does it. If it grabs your heart and you feel, you feel, you feel it, that's a sign. If you'll just step out and ask that person, can I please pray for you? They will not say no. They will not say no. So Matthew 13, 19. <clears throat> While anyone 
while anyone is hearing the word of the kingdom and does not grasp and comprehend it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. What is sown in his heart? That is what's sown along the roadside. So, so re- revelation's entrance is is revelation is an entrance to the intellect. It's just an entrance, but it's complete in your doing. Does that make sense? Understanding is an experience. It means engaging in activities that involve our five senses. So if you see someone in a wheelchair, your senses are engaged into something God wants to perform His kingdom in. That person. Who is that person? So the Greek word for understanding means this. I thought this was interesting. It means learning which takes place through the five senses. Not the intellect. Learning which takes place. In other words, if I see someone in a wheelchair, my eyes are seeing that person. My intellect is telling me, you don't have enough faith to do that. You're going to look like a fool over there and nothing's going to happen. Does that make sense? Learning, which takes place through the five senses, means doing. I'm trying to get you all to catch this doing part because I see a lot of people struggling. And I've asked the Lord, why are people struggling when there's so much revelation in the house? He said they're not doing They're not doing Practice in real life what you have come to know by revelation. You have to practice it. He said to understand also means yielding. And I love this. This messes up my mind sometimes. Because I, you know, I'm, I got to try to figure everything out. To understand also means yielding to something before you can explain it, define it, or describe it. <laughs> <clears throat> to understand means yielding to something before you can explain it, you can define it. Or you could describe it. So in other words, when God prompts you to do something, go. Just put it in gear and go. I call it the five second miracle moment. And it takes five seconds for that devil to show up and get you to reason with the truth. So it far surpasses my intellect. Hebrews 11.3 by faith, we understand that the worlds, now this is, you gotta catch this. The worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, equipped for the intended purpose by the Word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. So how many of y'all have said one negative word this week? Alright. So, so what happened is, what happens is you frame out a place for fear's entry. 
Because fear is the spirit behind all sin. So now I just framed out a door for the devil to come. And I don't know when he's going to come, but he's coming. Amen. So, so if you said something by faith, you framed out something for the Holy Spirit to come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes to resurrect something. I feel the fire already. The Holy Spirit comes to resurrect something. Watch your words. The closer we get to the return of Jesus, this is going to be critical with what's coming out of my mouth. And Solomon said what? A wise man is a silent man. Here's a little nugget. We don't have faith we don't have faith because we understand. But we understand because we have faith. We don't have faith because we understand. That's not faith. If you got to understand it before you step out on it, that's your faith. We don't have faith. We don't have faith because we understand. We're talking about God's kind of faith. But we understand because we have faith. But that seems a little bit. So the intellect is satisfied not at the entrance of revelation, but at the end of revelation. So the intellect does not understand revelation until you do it. Now you understand the experience with God. The Lord showed me we, we need to be a lot more doing in this ministry. Not just necessarily serving because everybody serves. But I'm talking about putting the word in action out that side of that door out there. And in your family and in, your, in, your, in you yourself. Put the word in action. So revelation takes place in the spirit first. And as we obey the Spirit, our Spirit communicates to my mind so we can intellectually understand. Understanding is not required for obedience. <laughs> because if you have to... Un now, now these emeralds are going to... It's going to mess them up. Henry... <laughs> <laughs> even I've been walking with the Lord for 27, 27 years and even now I'm challenged I'm challenged that I've got to step out without understanding something when I saw that Hinesville conference a vision while I was teaching the pastors at the pastors conference look where we are now if I had a had to sit there and try to understand all, everything that I was going. No, the first thing I did before the conference, that pastor's conference was over, I went to Kathy Page. I said, we're going to have to do this, get rolling. I didn't give the devil no chance to get in there and look how things were rolling. we got these beautiful dancers and it's going to be awesome. 
a normal Christian. Are y'all normal? Is one who obeys the revelations and promptings of the Holy Spirit without understanding. So, so get this. Understanding unfolds in the experience. That's what, that's what you got to get right there. It unfolds in the experience of acting on the word. And what does understanding mean? Here in Numbers. Understanding means standing under. Because we're always going to be standing under an authority. Whether it's the devil or whether it's Jesus. So if we have to understand it before we act on it, then we just come under the authority of the devil. Now I'm standing under the second heaven. Just totally missed the third heaven completely. The elevator stopped right there. Revelation only takes us halfway. Experience takes you the rest of the way. That's what you got to get tonight. If you've meditated on that word four times or three times, like we said, and declared it into the atmosphere, then you have to know that your mind has been formed for action. So now you're sitting on go, ready for the experience, ready for God to put something. Allow it, allow it, ready for God to allow something to come into your life that you can act on, what you meditated on, that formed you into His likeness. That's the blessed assurance that He's going to come right where you are and He's going to do it for you. He just needs your feet. Revelation to feet. So tragedy, the tragedy is that if you don't have, that if you don't move into experience, the revelation remains locked up in your mind. So you think it's active in your life. And it's not. This is going to give you a lot of revelation tonight because I see some of y'all struggling when you shouldn't be struggling. God can come through just like that but he's got to have something he can come through. He will never come through another image. He's going to come through his image that's been formed in you. Now remember, meditation is what forms the image of Christ in us for action. <clears throat> so hearing without doing Hearing with hearing without doing locks you into a form with no power. You can have all this truth. Religious people have a lot of have a lot of logos truth. <clears throat> they memorize the Bible, and man, that just goes all me when somebody says read the Bible from front to back. 
I've, I've never done that. I've never done that. That's a waste of time. You get stuck in one of the, just one of those books for a year. Numbers, numbers, or Leviticus. Or, in fact, if, by the time you get out of the Old Testament, you don't want nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> it's so real. You're ready to shut the book. This is not the Jesus I want. The mental concept insulates us from conviction that anything more needs to happen when the revelation is locked up in my mind. It's a mental concept that I don't need anymore. I can quote this revelation. It can come up in me while I'm praying for somebody. But it's not until you put it in action in your own life. You can pray revelation over people, but if you ain't got the revelation and you if you haven't become that revelation, you're just putting you on the people. Living in the realm of faith, which is the realm of the spirit, is called the kingdom. Not church. It's called the kingdom. Living in the realm of faith, which is living by the Spirit, and only by the Spirit. Wouldn't it be awesome not to be led by your intellect anymore? Well, you just got to figure out everything, and why me, and why this, and why you, and why me again. <laughs> to be led by the Spirit, you have to have revelation because he will not lead through nothing else. That's why it's important to stay in the book. Stay in the book. In fact, Joshua, he told Joshua that if you meditate on this book day and night, you will prosper in everything you do. So revelation should change our hearts before we ever explain what we've learned. But that's simple. Revelation should change our hearts. We're talking about the cardia, the soul, before we ever explain what we've learned. I don't know how many times when I was growing in the Lord, the ministers would say, you got to, you gotta memorize the scripture. You gotta memorize the scripture. You gotta memorize the scripture. Jesus didn't say to do that. What did he say to do? Study. Don't memorize. Because when you memorize it, that word is coming with no power because it's agreeing with your intellect. And God will never use your intellect to accomplish his kingdom. He's going to use his spirit operating through his faith in you. We've got to stop looking at circumstances. Because the more you look at the circumstance, the more you take temporary off of it. 
So you can just put take the temporary sign off and put long term. <laughs> Don't look at the circumstance. That's what the devil wants you to do. Is look at your condition right now. Because if he can get you to look at the condition right now and you feel the condition, then he can empower the condition to be longer. Because he feeds off of misery. The devil feeds off of misery. So we have to unpack our revelation and put it into people's lives. That's how it becomes whole. Healing. We don't the fires up here. Make room for we don't right here. I'm not saying you need the fire, but healing and a prosperous soul comes by revelation, transformation, action, then renewal. Remember things, all things, when you come to Christ, you're a new creation, and all things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. That means everything is new. Relationships are new. Uh, everything is new. So once you come into Christ, that's why you lose a lot of things that you obtain in the old life because you can't carry those things into the new experience. And the reason it is because God will never take your glory with him. Because the old life, we had a lot of glory, right? A lot of pride. Things that we obtain without God. You can't take them into the new experience. That's, that's the toughest thing for, for transformation and renewal is to feel the loss of things that we worked so hard for. But the beautiful part about it is what you lose doesn't go into the hands of the devil. It goes into the hands of God. And he holds it until you grow up enough to know that this is going to be for his glory. I feel it. And then he's going to bring everything back. But it comes back multiplied. He doesn't bring it back the same way. Things can't touch the Spirit of God without them being resurrected into multiplication. Because the resurrected Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the multiplier. It's the multiplier. And we get so down and discouraged because people are leaving us and things are leaving us and money's out the door and I was there. When God got rid of my last God, which was money, I thought I was, I was suicidal. That was my last little bit of security. That little bit of money I had left. But he had to take it to get me into his kingdom. One thing greater than divine healing is divine health. 
Jeremiah 33, 6. Behold, in the future, restored Jerusalem, which is you, I will lay upon it health and healing, and I will cure them and will re reveal to them the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, and truth. This is what God wants for us. Can you imagine how happy you would be? So if you, if you, if you feel like you're in the ditch, your lowest place, this is what's coming next. But you've got to stay with Him. You've got to stay with Him. You've got to fellowship with the saints. You've got to come into the presence. You've got to read the Word, meditate in the Word. You've got to do everything that He's saying to do for you to experience that. I'm telling you, I would eat up with ulcers. I had ulcers that big, size of quarters, all in my stomach. I had so much fear, I was possessed by fear. And most people who are in that apostolic function have said the same thing. Apostle Martin Luther said the same thing. He said, man, I was just possessed by fear before I came to Christ. And all of it left because he sent his word. How do you know the word's been sent? It's because it's been revealed to you. When you meditate on it, the healing comes. The purging comes. All sickness, disease, and poverty originates in the mind. 3 John, let's look at 3 John 1-2. And I want you to keep the mind separate from the soul. Remember, you know the difference, right? Keep that separate. Beloved, I pray that you prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. Prosperity is a result of God's abundance in your life. So if we don't have abundance, there's something wrong with the soul. It's producing the wrong thing. Because it says here, as a soul prospers. It didn't say the mind. Because a soul is the producer. Your intellect, will, emotions, affections are producing what's been revealed to the mind. The devil reveals himself to your senses. And then we produce it. And now that we have sowed into the devil, we're reaping him back through circumstance. Let's look at Psalm 31.10. Oh, Y'all stay up with me. 31.10. By faith we understand that the world's... No, Psalms. Psalm 31.10. Psalm 31. There it is. For, for my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength has failed because of my iniquity and even my bones have wasted away because of iniquity. What is iniquity? Who remembers what iniquity is? It's the power of sin. Iniquity is the power 
behind the sin. So you see here, sin destroys both the emotional and the physical strength of a person, which opens the door for many physical problems. So remember, if we're if we're broke, if we're in poverty, my body's sick, I've got problems, it's because of what's in the mind and the soul. That's why transformation is is priceless. Revelation is priceless. You can see that health is our portion with God. He said when our thought life reflects His will, health comes. When our thought life reflects His will, health comes. The thought life is the problem. Think about today. What were you thinking about? And ask yourself, would God be thinking that way? God doesn't think negative. Think about what you thought about today. Psalm 32. 3. Psalm 32. When I kept silent before I confessed, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day and night. So confession has something to do with my healing. And I'm you know, I'm not talking about a general confession. I'm talking about something you're doing in the dark. And you gotta confess it to somebody. Well, that thing's just gonna grow. It's just gonna grow. Secret sins devastate us. So confession is the first step to health. So there's people in this ministry that you can trust that you can sit down and talk to say, look, I just need to confess. You might have to confess something your wife doesn't know, nobody knows, or your husband doesn't know, nobody knows. People have been able to trust me for years for this, and I've seen men confess to me things that happened to them when they were teenagers that they held for 30 years and it creates anger. But once he confessed it to me, I take him to the salt box. That's what I do. And so we go into the salt box. And I don't want to be here all night. I'm sleeping in my bed tonight. Because some of them are there sit there and look at you. And I look at them. I said, I don't want to be here all night. So then they have mercy on me. I ring the bell. Specific confession is the agreeing with God. Pacific, not general, pacific confession is agreeing with God. But what brings healing is confessing, confessing to another. Just because you confess to God, that's not going to bring the healing. Because it takes you, it takes a humble person to come to somebody else, man. It just messes us up your pride. James 5.16 in the Amplified Version. Go back and meditate on these scriptures. God gives me this stuff divinely. Confess to one another, therefore your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another 
that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Isn't that awesome? Now, it's saying to pray for each other. So the one that's confessing has to pray for the one that's hearing. Did you get that? Then healing them. Has to pray. Yes. Because they have to pray for one another. And the word doesn't lie. It says, then you will be healed. <laughs> it's amazing what pride keeps us from. So there's an intri intrinsic connection between the health of a soul and the health of a body. Let's look at 3 John 1 2 again. Beloved, I pray that you're prosper in every way. Every way. Now, what way is he talking about? It's five ways. Spirit, soul, body, finance, and relationships. All right? And that your body may be kept well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. So when it says, just as your soul prospers, that's a key word. Just as your soul is producing, it means that in the same way your internal world, that you have another world inside, prospers and lives in the blessing. So your external world should be blessed. So the external is always a sign of what's happening in the internal world. And nobody can fix it but you. We can come up here and get prayed every Saturday night and feel the relief and think we got healed. It ain't going to happen unless God does a miracle. I call those are the jumper cables. He boosts you one time and frees you up and say, hey, now let's get this mind removed. <clears throat> so if we could only give ourselves permission to live in the romance of loving God. That's the answer. Give yourself permission to live in the romance of loving God. Remember David talked to his soul. He said, soul, why are you cast down? So his spirit was talking to his mind and his soul. Talk to your soul. And say, soul, we're going to live in the Romans of God. Yeah, so prosperity is to touch every area of your life flowing from a healthy soul. That's what that vision represents right there. Proverbs 4, 23. <clears throat> Keep and guard your heart. Now we're talking about the mind, the soul, with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flows life. It's producing life. Those rivers could not flow out of that man unless that soul were renewed. It gets locked up in the mind, that's far as it's going to go. 
How do you guard your heart? You have two hearts. What are you looking at? What are you listening to? I don't listen to any music except spiritual music. Protecting my ear gate. What are you looking at? So we were created to live healthy. Internal. See, we have to be different when we go out of this place. Those church people out there and, and the lost people don't want to see what they have in you. They're not going to respect you. you got to look different. Stephen McKinney, I love him. I went down there to see him uh, yesterday, Thursday. And, um, huh? Wednesday? Uh, what's today? Thank God I'm not in this world. <laughs> Don't even know today. Well, when I first met him, we were in the car going to lunch. And he's got this big old stomach. And I reached over there and hit that thing. I didn't even know him. This is the first time I met him. Took him to lunch. I hit that thing. I said, is there a demon in there? So that was our first engagement. <laughs> so he lifted up his shirt when I was down there. He said, look at this thing, man. It's gone. I said, Anything that's not fed is going to die. <laughs> Demons need food. Yes. But he's looking good. I said, I said, Stephen, we have to go out of this place different. We got to look fit. We got to, we got to, this is the temple of God. In fact, the more we, we grow and get into the, the glory of God, we should look younger. Because, you know, when you die, you go back to age 21. And that's how you recognize everybody. You may not even recognize your parents. Because, you know, you weren't even born then. Listen to the word. Psalm 103, 2 and 3. Psalm 103, 2 and 3. Bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, not my spirit, my soul, and forget not, not one of his benefits, who forgives every one of your iniquities and who heals each one of your diseases. We, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good one to meditate on. We should not have any disease. These bodies are healthy. Isaiah thirty-three twenty-four. And no inhabitant of Zion, the church, will say, I'm sick. <laughs> the people who dwell there will be forgiven their iniquity and guilt. Man, guilt's a nasty devil. So don't come in there saying I'm sick. Because the word says you're not. It may be a fact, but it's not the truth. James five fourteen and 15. If anyone among you is sick, he should call in the elders, the spiritual guides, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer that is of faith, not your faith, God's faith, will save him who is sick, and the Lord will restore him. 
and if he has committed sin, will be forgiven. Look at the threefold work right there, just, just because of a prayer that's in faith from an elder of the church. Let's go to Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity and guilt. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Why aren't we experiencing that? Because that has to become a revelation to you. You have to see it. And you meditate on it. And it's formed into his image. True wealth is different from riches. Riches in Christ are anointings. But true wealth is measured in family. Favor with God and man. And the ability to live with the fullness of purpose. If we don't know our purpose, man, we're going to be miserable. But when you know your purpose, there's joy. There's joy. So God wants you to prosper in all things. Only a few believers can handle the blessing of the Lord. Why is that? Only a few believers can handle the blessing of the Lord. I remember Peter Jakes put out a book one time, and the, and the title was, um, Can You Stand to Be Blessed? But it's just a handful in the body of Christ that are really blessed. And there's no partiality with God. Why? Why, why is that? Who can answer that? Hmm? Yeah. What have I been teaching all night? See, when you act on revelation, you're growing while you're acting. That's how you. It is. It's. It's. The Bible calls it the manifold grace of God in operation. It's manifold. All kinds of things are going on at the same time. When you deny yourself and step out and do something for somebody else impart that revelation that you got into someone else. One of the last day revelations of God will be centered on His goodness. And we're in the last day revelations of God. And how you know you're in the last day? How do you know you're in the last days right now? Because He's washing His bride. That's how you know. Apostolic kingdom ministries are set in place by God to wash the bride. And that's what we do here. That's what the spots class and the soul shifters, that's all about cleansing the bride. See, the bride's been rescued but not cleansed. She still smells like the world. And see, in the transformation of the revelation, which forms the image of God, Jesus has to see himself in you. That's the image. That's why revelation is so important. And meditation on the revelation 
because it's forming the image of Christ. Jeremiah 33, 9. So the last revelation of God will be centered on His goodness. How many of you all experience His goodness? Come on, just a little bit is enough for me. And Jerusalem shall be to me a name of joy, that's you, a praise and a glory before all the nations of the earth that hear of all the good that I do for it. And they shall fear and tremble because all the good and, and all the peace and prosperity and security and stability I have provided for it. It's talking about you and me. This is what the nations are looking for. The nations are looking for a church that's full of peace, full of prosperity, security, and stability. It's not an emotional wreck, an emotional roller coaster. I've been there. I know, I know how it feels. And I didn't like it. But this is it. This is what the renewing, this is what the transformation, this is what the action provides for you. God has given everybody a gift. You have some kind of gift. And that gift was not to serve yourself. That gift is to serve people. Whether it's a natural gift, like cutting hair or a mechanic or whatever it is, it's still serving people. But you have a spiritual gift. And when the natural gift has satisfied God that you've been faithful in the natural gift, He activates the spiritual gift. And that's when the blessing comes. Hosea 3.5 Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God inquiring of, of and requiring Him and from the line of David their King of Kings and they shall come in anxious fear to the Lord and to His goodness and His good things in the latter days. One thing about God's goodness it does put the fear of God in you because the fear of God cannot be obtained by you. The fear of God is a spirit that comes with His goodness. Because how can you not love Him when He's been good to you? How can you, how can we do something that's contrary to His Word when He's been so good to us? And if you hadn't received anything but salvation, that's enough. That's enough just to be out of the devil's kingdom. So God releases blessings on his people equal to the health of their soul. And, you know, I asked the Lord one time, how will I ever know that the people are getting it? He said, you're called to wash the bride, mature the bride for my coming. He said, I said, well, can't you give me a sign? I mean, I don't have extra vision that I can look in there and see what's going on. Who remembers the three signs he gave me? There's no fear. Nope. When there's no fear, there's going to be peace. The second thing was, 
It's the well, that's part of it. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he has no sorrow to it. And the third thing was is abundance. That's how you know you've got a wash bride. No fear. So next time something happens and you feel fear rise up, then you know you ain't quite there yet. And what happens is love has not been perfected in you yet. Even though you have love, it just not has not been perfected. The love of God comes in, which is the Holy Spirit. But it's perfected in my obedience and doing the word. Because the more you do, the less you'll fear. And if you really want God to talk to you, which I'd rather not, I'd rather just leave me. But he said, Gene, if you really, he said this to me years ago. He said, if you really want me to talk to you, then keep giving. I said, why is that? He said, because giving is what a, what burst my voice into the earth. And that was Jesus. Isn't that cool? And he said, not only that, I want to speak to you on where to give and how to give and not give out of necessity. He shows me how to give through a vision. Now, there's a difference between a vision and a dream. Who knows the difference? Yep. So dreams are when you're asleep and visions, like I had that vision of the conference and while I was teaching. And remember those old things when we were kids that you'd look through and had the... And you'd click it, click it, click it. That's the way it is with me sometimes. Click, boom, click, boom, click, boom. I'm constantly seeing things. So God releases blessings to his people equal to the health of your soul. So, so if you're struggling, then something's unhealthy with the soul. If we're in lack, something's unhealthy with the soul. Any soul that lacks revelation and transformation is unhealthy. Period. So now you know what to do with revelation, right? You meditate on it. And what does meditation do? It forms you, which is a manifestation. It forms you. That's what transformation means. Form. So he's forming you into what? His image. When his image is formed, then he's ready for action. Because he will not go where your image is. He's going to work through his image. So prosperity has purpose. It's for his glory. It's for his testimony. And it's for his kingdom. So if God will prosper you in any area, it's for his glory, his testimony, and his kingdom. Period. And God has given me so much teaching on testimony. 
of how to keep your testimony. And really just another layer of revelation on testimonies. Isaiah 61.1 The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He, the Lord, has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, to the poor, to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives and the opening of the prisons and of the eyes of those who are bound. That's what the anointing does. So if someone's operating under the anointing, that's what you should experience. Jesus said in this verse, and you have to know the difference, he said he would set both prisoners and captives free. Prisoners are behind bars because they've done something wrong. He's not talking about a natural prison here. Captives. So you got to discern tonight. Am I a captive or am I a prisoner? Captives are in prison because of what has been done to them. That's a captive. Did you write that down? Prisoners are behind bars because of what they have done. Captives are in prison because of what has been done to them. So what's the key for the prisoner? The key for the prisoner is to repent and be forgiven. So what is true repentance? Who remembers? True repentance. Change the way you're thinking. Get your mind out of below the line and start thinking above the line. Because the below the line is is that when the when he says the line, it's the line. That second heaven is the line he's talking about. So if we think below the line, we're thinking like man. And man's world is influenced by the principalities and rulers of darkness. If we, we can live below the line, but doesn't mean we have to think below the line. If I'm living, and some of y'all might be living below the line, but until you think above the line, you'll never come out of living below the line. Isn't that right? So captive, the captive, faces a different challenge altogether than a prisoner. Captives need to forgive others and use the authority given to them to get out of captivity. Because forgiveness has authority on it. And it's got to be his forgiveness working for you. You can't forgive anybody. It's impossible. You try, sometimes you try to forgive somebody, it didn't work. So prisoners are prisoners of fear. Prisoners of perversion. Prisoners of fornication. Prisoners of adultery. Prisoners of alcohol. Prisoners of drugs. 
prisoners of shame and condemnation. These are invisible bars around the soul. Captives are in captivity because of what happened to them. So this is another layer of revelation God's given us in the scripture. And you know, that's the second layer. Can you imagine what the other five layers are like? He will only give us a layer when we're ready to receive it. But if we hadn't done anything with the last revelation, we get stuck right there. Hmm? Yes, absolutely. Be both a prisoner and a captive. Yeah, they kind of work together. Yeah. When somebody does something wrong to us, we rebel. And, and they go do something wrong. And then I'm in prison. So I'm a captive. <laughs> Isaiah 45, 1 and 3. Let's look at this. Thus says the Lord has anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him, and I will unarm and ungird the loins of the kings to open doors before him, so that gates will not be shut. And I will go before you and level the mountains to make crooked places straight. I'll break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Now, true apostles carry the Cyrus anointing. They can, they can cut those bars of iron through the power of that office. So here's some principles that are related to a prosperous soul. I want you to write these three down. There's only three. Here's some principles that are related to a prosperous soul. Number one, praise and worship. Praise and worship. Go to Jeremiah 31, 12 through 14. They, 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 can, they shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion. Now listen, this verse is prophesying you and me. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion and shall flow together with radiant joy over the goodness of the Lord. For the corn, for the juice of the grape, and for the oil, and for the young of the flock, and the herd, and their life shall be like a watered garden, and they shall not sorrow or languish any more at all. Then their maid, the maidens will rejoice and dance, and the young men and old men together, for, for I will turn their mourning into joy, and comfort them, and make them rejoice after their sorrow. But what prompted all this? Praise. Praise and worship will break those prison bars. It'll just cut those things. Remember Paul and Silas was in prison and they went to praise God and the prison bars just opened up. Number two, meditation. Proverbs 4, 22 through... Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your cardia. For they are life to those who find them and healing and health to all their flesh. So the word should be here constantly. I thought it had to be before my eyes, so I'd have these little note cards all over my dashboard and, and covering up my speedometer and everything. When I was growing in the Lord, I had all these things, and I would just put them all over the dashboard while I'm driving, and I would just keep the word before me. 
not knowing that that wasn't what he meant. <laughs> oh, I thought I had it down. I didn't have it down. So number three, good works. And good works. Good works. Rule, and here's how you do good works. You rule with the heart of a servant and serve with the heart of a king. So there's a difference. You rule with the heart of a servant and you serve with the heart of a king. Many would experience healing if they would just serve. If you can't find nothing to do, blame the door. You know what I mean? This is how you get healed is in serving. In fact, this is how you find your destiny is in serving. And giving honor to others releases life. Serving others positions us for rare discovered joy. Alright, so these are the way to a prosperous soul. Praise and worship, meditation, and good works. Alright, so that's it. Prisoners repent and are forgiven. Captives have to forgive others. And then Jesus sets you free. Isn't that awesome? So remember, if you've got any hidden sin locked up in there, the only way it's going to get released is if you find somebody that you can 